hope all my black kings and queens are having a wonderful Black History Month for everybody else. You know, it's only a few more days till Black History Month is over. So if you got some black coworkers that are wilding, just, you know, give them to the end of the month. If next month they start acting crazy, then do what you got to do. But give them that get out of jail free card, you know, the rest of the month. But speaking of Black History Month, the guest I got on today, someone that inspired me to do my own podcast. But before I introduce him, this is episode seven of the Between Two Dibs podcast with your boy Cam. So without further ado, this person is someone that I think isn't appreciated enough in the community. What she's doing for people that are black in tech is absolutely amazing. I've seen a lot of stories of people that because of this person, that they were able to go hard and go after what they want and actually make life-changing money. And she don't get her flowers. She don't get her due all the time, I think. You know, a lot of people, you know, they do shout her out, but there just isn't enough people that actually, like, know about her. So this episode, I definitely want to get more people aware of her, people that maybe don't aren't on Twitter or maybe not on social media. This will be a chance for them to kind of get more insight on what she does and what she's about. So without further ado, Paris, what's up? Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to speak to you. Yeah, likewise, likewise. So can you kind of tell me about like your journey in tech, like how you got into that? Yeah, sure. So it started, I was a wax specialist. I was like waxing body hair off of people full time. And like, it sounds weird maybe, but like I actually really love my job, but I wasn't making enough money and I knew I couldn't scale upwards from there. So I, this was a time when Obama was in office and he kept talking about coding And so I took an interest to finding out what exactly coding was. So I did, and I found out that there was a hackathon happening uh, with this organization called Resilient Coders. And they were, their organization is all about teaching and paying black and brown students to code. So I went to the hackathon and I ended up getting into their program. It's this boot camp. It was eight weeks long and I quit my job invested all of my time and energy into the boot camp learning to code. We learned front end web development. So I learned HTML, CSS and JavaScript. And then after that boot camp, my journey kind of just took off from there. All right, cool, cool. So like I know like I first heard about you, I forgot it was maybe like an article or something, but you have that black tech Twitter movement. Like how did that come about? Yeah, so black tech Twitter happened unintentionally. I was just, I had been on Twitter for about two months and I noticed on Twitter that there were a lot of black technologists, uh, specifically black engineers. And that was really shocking to me because I knew at least where I came from, there weren't a lot of us. I live in Boston. So, and it's a tech hub, but these companies, it's like mainly white spaces. So when I got on Twitter, that was like, oh, wow, there's like um, this little community of uh, black people in tech. That's cool. And so I had put together this tweet that said, that asked, what does black Twitter in tech look like? I tweeted it out and I posted my picture and what I did in tech, which was being a front end web developer. And then the tweet just caught fire and my phone notifications were just blowing up like crazy. And it was just response after response after response from 
black technologists and in different parts of the industry posting their picture and what they do. And that's when, you know, it really opened my eyes to like, wow, this isn't a small community. It's actually a large community. There are a lot of black people in tech. I just would have never known it because I don't see us in these spaces where I'm working or going to meetups or going to conferences. And so it really let me know that there is no pipeline problem. There's just another problem within the industry. Yeah, it's funny you said that because like I live in Oklahoma. I don't know if you've ever been to Oklahoma at all. It's like a flyover state pretty much. Like people think that there's no black people in Oklahoma, but there is. Like Tulsa, there's a lot of black folks in Tulsa, a lot of black folks in Oklahoma City. But it's kind of the same thing, but it's a smaller city, but it's the same like problems we're having. They're just, when you go to meetups and stuff, it's rare that I see another black person like at a meetup that I go to. Like if I see them, it's like a... I don't know. It's like seeing a wild, what's the word I'm trying to think of? I can't even think of a good example, but it's like, yeah, rare, yeah, like a rare animal that you never see before. Like it's crazy. And so when I see them, I'm like, I dab them up. I'm like, Hey, what's up? You know, because you just don't see it. And so when I see it, I always make an effort to like connect with them and I reach out to them after the meetup and like, you know, just to chat, you know, more detail because it just, I don't know if it's because like you said, like, you know, with the black tech Twitter movement that you started, you didn't realize there was so many people out there that were doing what you're doing. But I think it's the same thing where I'm at. Like they just, since they don't think there's a lot of people out there that are doing what they're doing, they don't go out to these meetups. They just kind of just stay to themselves. Right. And, and honestly, I don't blame them. You know, you don't want to go to a space where you're the only one who looks like yourself and you're in this room full of people who they just, they don't understand you or where you come from. And then you have to just deal with all these questions and stress levels in your mind because you know you're going to go there and be the only person who looks like yourself and can relate to yourself. And you just never know what the situation is going to turn into. You never know if someone's going to say something that triggers you or, you know, it's stressful. Yeah, it's, it's crazy because I don't know if you saw like the t- Twitter threads this week. There was like s- some post that was made. I think it was about like a hiring for Twitter or something. I don't know if you saw it. Did you ever catch that? Hire for Twitter? like hired, like they were hiring people for like Twitter, like it was a, like a thread or something. And it was like pretty much like, there was like racist people that were making comments on that thread. Oh no, I did not see that. Oh yeah. You gotta, you gotta check it out. Like I may link it later, but yeah, it was just disgusting to me that there's people that are, because we're black, you know, and obviously we don't need to lie about this. Like, you know, this, we are discriminated. Like, you know, we don't get the same opportunities as someone that's white, even though like, they try their best, like people say, quote unquote, they try their best to help us out and do a diversity hires and stuff like that. But it's just, I don't know if there's ever going to be a fix to that because like Black History Month, for instance, like some people say, why is it not a white history month or something? Like it, it's just, right. it don't make any sense why it people are un, insensitive to other races that are not their own, that are not the majority. Right. Yeah. Racism will it's just never going to be fixed realistically. Like there will always be racism, but what you can do is work to improve upon it, obviously, and educate those that are ignorant, but they're ignorant and, and they know they're ignorant and they're willing to understand. They're like willing to listen, learn, and understand. And those are the types of people you want to work with, but that's on a personal individual level. I can't go into a company and say, I'm going to change your minds. Like, no, there might be a select group of people who are, they want their minds to, like, they want to change their minds and they want to learn how to be better. But as for like changing this throughout an entire industry and changing people's, every person's perception, that's just never going to happen realistically. It's unfortunate, but that's the truth. 
Yeah, and that's why I never really speak out on, like, stuff that I can't relate to. Like, for instance, like, you know, women have a hard time sometimes getting some of the same jobs that men can, but I'm never going to speak out. I'm like, hey, you know, like, that's not true because I'm, ne- I'm not a woman, so I've never experienced it. Same thing with trans people, same thing with any other, like, minority groups that, you know, are in, like, this particular space. But to kind of go to that point, do you feel that it's harder for you as a woman to get the same opportunities that a man does? I do. and. I mean, I've always felt that way, even as a little girl, and it just continues now as an adult. However, like when speaking about these things, when it comes to opportunities between a man and a woman, I always speak from the perception of a Black woman. I can't just sit here and say, I'm a woman, this and that. Like, you know, I still deal with discrimination and racism from white women, you know, and from Asian woman, Latino woman. I still deal with being excluded by those other minority groups who are the same gender as me. So to answer your question, yes, I have as a Black woman, though, just making clear that I'm a Black woman. I deal with different issues, you know? Yeah, that's important that you kind of acknowledge that because I know some people, they don't acknowledge it. I guess they just don't see it because, like I said, they deal with, like, you know, people that aren't their own people every day. And sometimes, like, they think it's normal when they see that they're acting a certain way towards them. But then when they see their own people treating them differently and treating them better, then they kind of, oh, okay, like, you know, maybe I need to, like, step back and see, like, like why things are the way they are. Because, you know, like, if you go into a town where you're the only black person there and it's mostly white people, then, you know, your perception on how everything is would be different than, say, if you lived in, like, Atlanta where there's a, lar- a lot larger amount of black people that are around. You see them every day. It's like, you know, just like regular things and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know. I just wouldn't know what it's like to be in an environment where it's mainly people who look like me. Not, not at least not where I'm from, unless I'm with obviously my own family. But otherwise, I don't know how that, you know, how that is. And what you think is like elevated you to that next level? Like, cause I know you, you know, you're in Boston, right? Yeah. Yeah, Boston. So what thing that's elevated you the most, like, since you started learning how to code? Like, like, is there one particular thing that you've done to kind of maybe reach out to people like yourself? I think, like, something that's taken me to the next level is using Black Tech Pipeline as sort of, like, a service-based platform where I am connecting opportunity extenders with Black technologists in my community, you know? So just offering opportunity because that's more than words because it's in it, it's action. And that's what's really important is taking action and seeing the results. I hope, does that answer your question? I hope it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So can you speak, can you speak on Black Tech Pipeline more in detail? Like, you know, kind of what that is? Yeah, so Black Tech Pipeline is really just a platform for Black Tech Twitter and our supporters. And when I say our supporters, I mean people who are not Black who want to offer opportunities. So that means employers, conference organizers, community leaders, whatever it may be. And I'm connecting them with people within our community. And Black Tech Pipeline is also like a community for Black Tech Twitter to communicate with those in Black Tech Twitter. So I have the Slack community, I have the Discord community, and that's where we continue collaborating and communicating with one another and letting each other know of what jobs are hiring, what events are going on that we can attend, how can we build these relationships within our own community. Black Tech Pipeline is also a newsletter where I'm bringing exposure to Black technologists and founders and engineers, just really anyone in the community 
who's doing something and they want to promote themselves. So I'm just shining a light on our community and just showing the work that we're doing and how impactful it is. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's kind of like what I'm doing with this podcast. Like I'm, my goal with the podcast is kind of like to reach out to people that I think are doing like big things and like highlighting that because like I said, it's just, I don't think there's that many platforms out there that I've seen that do that. Like, you know, what you're doing is awesome. You know, hopefully I can get to your level one day, but I just feel that it's just missing or it's not really known. Like I think it's, it's one or the other. Like, I'm not sure like if there's anything else out there that is trying to do what I'm trying to do, but I feel like once there's more people that know like what you're doing, what I'm doing, what other people that I've interviewed are doing, I think it will open the floodgates to other people that maybe I've thought about learning how to code, but since there's not people like them that are doing it, they're like, nah, like, you know, I'm not going to do this. Or they think it's harder than it really is. Like learning how to code isn't that hard. I think the hard thing is just staying with it. Yeah, right. I agree. I think whether you're coming into this industry to learn how to code or you're coming in to be like a, a community leader, I think first of all, when you're coming into a predominantly white industry, it's more than knowing how to code. It's knowing how to navigate these spaces that are just, they can't like relate to you. They can't put themselves in your shoes. So there are these incidents and they can like microaggressions and little incidents that can happen that, you know, they make this space where you have to come every day. It's now uncomfortable and it makes you not want to come to work. And then you know, it makes you question being in this industry. And then, you know, if you're coming to a role where you want to be some type of community leader and, and bring awareness to your community, especially as someone who's underrepresented, that's even more difficult because you're going to have people kind of questioning your agenda and why are you focused on one specific group? People are going to be offended by you, even though the work you're doing is actually good for these underrepresented communities but people don't understand that. And it's just, it's stressful. And it, honestly, it's, it's really easy to feel like, you know what, I'm done. I quit. Like it's really, really stressful work. And it takes a lot to want to keep going. It's not as easy as it looks and it's not e as easy as it sounds. Yeah, that's true. That's why sometimes you just got to just like some, like have tunnel vision really in a way and kind of just stay the course, like keep going and just keep pushing because there's going to be a lot of like people that will come and sometimes it'll be your own people. Sometimes it'll be your own people oh, that yeah. will kind of try to stop you. And uh, I don't know, have you watched uh, the movie Queen and Slim? No, I haven't. Not yet. Oh, man. Yeah, you, you got to watch it. But, I, I know what happened, though. I heard about the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, the, yeah, I'm not going to spoil it for you. But, yeah, like, <laughs> it's, it's just, like, crazy, like, how, like, you know, you know. The, the whole time, you know, you think one thing is happening, and then the next, something else happens. Right. If you watched it, I, I probably would give you a great analogy on kind of like what I'm talking about right now. But it's just like, you got to watch everybody. Like you, like I said, your own people, like, you know, you know, we have these black businesses that are out, right? And then a lot of times people wonder why these businesses aren't successful. It's because our own people aren't supporting them, but they're supporting these other people that like don't need it. Like, you know, like for instance, like the Kardashians, like they're making mad money. Like even Kylie Jenner, she's like a billionaire. Right. And then someone who's black does the same exact thing that she does, but they're barely getting by. Right. See, that's the thing. So even though I do work to help the black community get into these types of spaces, I still talk about our own internalized issues in the black community. And I, I mean, I've dealt with it myself with my own people coming for me and saying the work I'm doing is, what is it, divisive or whatever, like dividing communities. Mm -hmm. and 
And it's like, it hurts the most when it comes from the people that you're trying to help. And I've had times where I'm like, you know what, if this is how I'm going to be treated, then what's the point of fighting? Like I've had times where I said to myself, I'm done. I quit. Obviously I didn't, (laughs) but it's just really easy to like, just give up and feel disappointed and question whether it's worth it when you're dealing with people who look like you, but they, their mindset is just very different. And I know it's the thing is like, as, as mad as I can be at another like black woman who tries to tear me down, I know the, the issues that we have in our community and it's all internalized. I know how we think. I know why people act and say the things they do. I mean, it's sad. It's one of those things that needs to be worked on. But I, I don't know. I understand it. I don't agree with it, but I understand where people are coming from, even when they're going against their own community. Like I kind of understand their mindset and why they're speaking and acting the way they do. If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And to kind of switch gears on another point that I think is something that I see a lot. And it's just because like I'm a team lead at Lambda School, which is a coding boot camp. And we have a real large black community, but a lot of them are like, you know, parents, you know, some of them are single parents. What advice would you give to someone that maybe is a mom or a dad or whatever and trying to learn like to code? Like, cause I know it probably wasn't easy for you. Yeah. I mean, I have my son who's seven now. And when I was in boot camp, that meant literally all of my time went into learning to code during that eight weeks, which meant I was sacrificing time with everyone, even him. I have to say I was lucky enough to have the support of my family. They knew what I was trying to do and they took over for me. And I'm very appreciative of that. But I know that's not everyone's situation. And so for me, like my advice to them is like, I I don't know what everyone's individual situation is, but you need to go at your own pace that's realistic for you. So if you can't put in this much time towards this thing you're learning because you have other obligations, then I think that's fine. Take the time you do have to continue learning and building upon your skill set. Use that time. The time you don't, make sure you're using that time to like spend time with your family or your kids or whatever it is that you need to do. I wouldn't waste time. But with that being said, I mean also take little breaks because you're a parent, you're learning something that's new. It's like an entirely new language. It's a new world. It's hard. Do the whole mental health checks. Do those little breaks where you kind of just do nothing. Just relax. Do, do Do what's best for you, basically. It's really hard to give advice unless I knew what everyone's situation is. It's always different. You got to do what's best for you, though, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I was just talking to someone the other day about this, like about like, Everybody has, you know, someone's successful, right? But everyone has a different path to that success. Like, you know, say, for instance, you are successful and I'm successful. We both probably had to do different things to get to that point. And just because I did it that way is not necessarily how it will be for you because there's different variables involved. And there's never like a one-size-fits-all like solution for anything. Absolutely not. And like a good example for me is like during boot camp, I could not understand JavaScript. Like I just couldn't, it was so hard for me, but I saw a lot of other people, like they were getting it. They were, I don't know, it just clicked with them faster. And I started comparing myself to them and that did nothing for me. It just made me feel even worse. 
And so you, when you're going after something, you have to go after it for the right reasons and know that your story and your journey is not going to be the same as the next person. You're different. You may learn at a different pace. You may use a different strategy to learn. And that's totally okay. Because at the end of the day, you're going to get it and you're going to get it the way that's best for you. Do not compare yourself to others. Yeah, I tell my students this all the time, like, because when I learned JavaScript, it took me three years to fit, fully understand it. Three years. Like, I literally was trying to learn off and on. I could understand HTML, CSS, but JavaScript, I don't know why I had such a hard time with it, but I just, it was just so difficult. And then I just didn't think it was for me. And then when I finally went to a boot camp and, like, they kind of broke it down in a certain way, and then they started telling me, like, what you said, like, like stop comparing your, yourself to others, compare yourself to you. Like, if you can get better... Every day, even if it's marginally, you know, eventually it'll start clicking and then eventually you'll get to a point where it's like, oh yeah, I got this. And then you can build whatever you want. But once you start seeing, say you got some guy that's, you know, building like advanced web applications or something. And you're like, man, like this guy learned this in like two weeks. That's probably not true. He probably spent months and months, maybe even years to get to that point. But it looks like he spent only that long because he started the boot camp the same time you did. Right. Exactly. And regardless of that guy's story or his journey, it should not matter to you because you're different. Everyone is different. You, like comparing yourself to others does nothing but waste time. It's just, it's not healthy. It's not necessary. Yeah, it definitely isn't. And like I said, it's, there's so many different ways you can make money in web development or just in tech in general. Like I think the sky's the limit. Like I always tell people all the time, like, Tech is probably the one industry where if you can think it, it can happen. Oh, absolutely. You have this skill set. You're going to learn this skill set. You have it. Now you can build whatever you want. And I don't know. It can always take off. You could be the next, what? I don't know if Jeff Bezos is an engineer or whatever, but you can be him. Yeah, for sure. That's why I always get inspired when I see people like Diddy and Jay-Z or any, I don't know if you like ever watch their stuff or even listen to their raps or anything, but... Like what they're doing is, is inspiring for me, even though it's not technically tech related. It's just like you see like people that have just surpassed any expectations that people had of them, even as high as they were. And then now like, you know, billionaires pretty much. And it, it's just it just motivates me to be like, man, one day I'm gonna get to that level. Because if I ever got to that level, even now I try to help as many people as I can. But even but when I get to that level, for sure, like I definitely would do everything I could to help our own people out because there's a lot of black billionaires out there that they really don't be doing that. Like they kind of like, they got their money and you see them kind of do stuff every once in a while, but you don't really see them like really be out there, like in the trenches, like helping their people out. Right. Yeah. Once you're financially secure in that way, it's going to be way easier to come back and help your community. So I definitely get it. Yeah. So I got one last question for you. So I always ask my guests this, what is a thing that you're trying to do, like that you haven't got to yet that you eventually want to get to as far as like with like in tech, like as far as your movement or anything like that? I kind of want, so I want Black Tech Pipeline to inspire other, not necessarily like Black technologists, just other Black founders in different fields to create platforms for their communities. So, you know, there's Black Tech Pipeline helping Black technologists. I would love if there was like a Black Tech medicine and they're helping other black I don't know med students get jobs or like start their own practice like you know what I'm saying like Mm -hmm. 
black real estate. Just, I, I want it to keep going because that's what's going to allow our community to grow and thrive. And we can circulate our own money within our own community and we can build wealth that way. And that's, what's going to make us, I think black people are already a threat because we've gone through so much yet. We're so resilient. And I feel like if we can do something to that extent where this is going on in every industry, then, you know, we're really on the map. Like we are a real, real threat and we don't need you to survive. We got ourselves. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, it's been a pleasure talking to you for sure. Like you definitely uh, had me start thinking about different things that I need to be doing myself. You know, I try my best, but you know, sometimes I slack, you know, with certain things. It's been a pleasure. But before I let you go, do you have anything you want to plug and also your socials that people can find you on? Sure. So you can find me on Twitter at Paris Athena, Paris with two S's. Same thing on Instagram for Black Tech Pipeline. You can find us on Twitter at BT Pipeline. Same thing on Instagram. There's blacktechpipeline.com, which is under construction, but you can still go to it. And there you can sign up for the newsletter, sign up for the Slack and Discord community. And there's a lot more to come with Black Tech Pipeline. So just hold on. We're almost there. Awesome. So yeah, appreciate you getting on again. But everyone that's listening at home, where you listen, your car, wherever, you know, we're going to be back next week with another great guest between two devs. Coming back to you next week. Until then, peace. Peace.